you know, we all have self-limiting beliefs. You know, if you think about how many times a day, if you actually paid attention, how many times a day we say something negative to ourselves, it's astounding. We always can say something nice to other people, but like we can't do it for ourselves. And that keeps us stuck. And that keeps us from living the life that we've always dreamed of. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have a really wonderful guest today. Megan R. Fenyo is a veteran, licensed clinical social worker, transformational mindset coach, professional speaker, and author. As a transformational mindset coach, Megan will transform your negative self-talk into positive self-empowerment, believing that you are enough. How does she do this? Megan takes you through her proven five-step program that will move you from struggle to strength. Through coaching, leadership, consulting, and speaking engagements, she has helped people all over the country accurately assess their challenges and identify ways they can change, capitalizing on the strengths they've already had while building new ones. Megan has been featured on multiple podcasts as well as various other print and online magazines. She lives in San Diego and loves working out, including running, boxing, traveling, as well as meeting new people and spending time with her family and friends. Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am honored and just as excited to be here. So there's so many things that we're going to get to talk about today, and I and I can't wait to to share you with our audience. But one of the things that struck me that's really powerful is your your journey. And I I know you're going to get a little vulnerable here, but I would love for you to share your story with our listeners about you know the things that happened in your life that shaped you to put you on the path that you're on today. Definitely. I don't know really know where to start, but of course. <laughs> so um, I've had a lot of struggles in my life, beginning from childhood, growing up in a very dysfunctional, abusive home, to having a learning disability where my guidance counselor told me never to go to high school or to college. So I was never going to graduate. Lots of self-esteem issues, just not feeling enough. Dating was always hard for me, trust issues, abandonment issues. And most recently, when I... So I went into the Air Force um, in 2012 and moved to California and was doing mental health therapy to active duty members. And I met my now ex-husband, who was a chief in the Air Force. And it was a wild, crazy, fast romance. And we were married in 2013. And I was 34 at the time. I've always been very, very independent. Career wise, I've been very, very blessed. You know, been a therapist for 15 years. But personally, my life was a disaster. 
And as you know, Dr. Richard, I think sometimes like as therapists, we think, oh, we don't need therapy. We got it all together. I kind of went through the motions for you know the last six, seven years. So in 2013, my ex-husband filed for divorce. And so six months after we got married, and he actually ended up pulling the divorce papers three different times over the expand of three years, kicked me out of the house twice. And then I found out he had an affair for 14 months of our two and a half year marriage. And mm. I was absolutely, I mean, absolutely devastated. You know, I had been independent my entire life, got married at 34, and I found my life completely shattered. As you know, in my, I'm writing a book and it's very detailed in my book. So during that time, I stayed faithful and committed to him because I had made a commitment and I took marriage very seriously. He continued to keep me on this string, ask for me back. I moved back in. We bought a house, file for divorce, pull the divorce papers. And so I did that for two years. I actually ended up moving to San Diego. He, we were living in Northern California because I had this like nudging feeling that even though I loved him and I wanted things to work, something had to change. And so I thought moving to San Diego was it. <laughs> and I was working at a hospital at the time and took a job transfer um, down to San Diego. And his, what we call um, in narcissistic abuse, his love bombing got worse. And it wasn't until I got down to San Diego that I realized that I was in the midst of narcissistic abuse. As a therapist, you know, we hear about it, but I really didn't understand it. And I was in the midst, again, of another abusive relationship. And I'm like, what is going on? So um, in February, um, so this continued, he came down to see me. Um, In February, he said, hey, I'm going to prove to you that I made the biggest mistake of my life. And I'm going to move down here. I have a job interview. He came down here and I remember saying, I said a prayer and I said, okay, Lord, I said, obviously the affair wasn't enough for me to leave. And so if this is something that is not supposed to be, I need you to show me. And I said, no matter what you show me, I will follow. You know, I will, I will listen to you. So he came down here, he's crying, he's telling me and his you know, how much he loves me and this and that. And the night before he left, I found out (laughs) that he had moved in another girl, a different girl, a month before our divorce was final because I hadn't been to our house before the divorce was final. And she had been still living with him, has been living with him for the last two and a half years. And over the two and a half years, he was coming down to see me. He was keeping me on this string. The poor woman had no idea about or I had no idea about her, you know, but she knew that he was married, but she had no idea that he was talking to me. So I found out that in February and it was like that bandaid that I had put over the trauma of the affair was brutally, absolutely brutally ripped off. And during the two years, um, the last two years, I never got therapy because again, I was like, I got this. So instead I opened a private practice started a network marketing business, and then was working full-time in the hospital. I had this feeling, like I said before, like I had this feeling that I was meant to do something more, but I had no idea what it was. I have to back up a little bit. I lost my job in September. 
at the hospital. And even after being a therapist for 15 years, again, another struggle, another devastation. Um, and then, you know, this happened in February. But in September, when I lost my job, I thought, well, I could go back and get a full time job. But I was like, no. And I was able to identify what that nudging feeling was that had been kind of plaguing me for two years. A, it was get the heck away from my ex-husband. And B, it was entrepreneurship. So in September, I started that journey and you know, created my coaching business. And then in February, my life fell apart again. And so I got my butt in therapy and started writing this book. The last time I've heard from him, I've had no contact with him since you know, February 15th. Since I said goodbye to that man and said goodbye to allowing him to write my story, my life has completely 100% changed. And here I am today. So that's, that's it. <laughs> well, you say that's it. That's so powerful. And I think what, what's really interesting, there's a lot of people I'm sure listening to this that can relate to some of the things you shared. You know, one thing that I heard from you is that up until the kind of the last straw, you had been in this pattern of relationships that did not end well. And mm -hmm. the other thing that you said that many people listening to this who are entrepreneurial in nature is that there was this catalyst. You know, for you, it was losing that job that really put you on this journey of entrepreneurship and feeling as though that it was, you had this impetus of needing to do something more than you were doing before. Yeah, it was profound. And, you know, like I said, I moved down to San Diego for this job and I've been a therapist for 15 years. Never, ever have I lost a job. And I was an officer in the Air Force. Like I lost my job because I posted a Facebook Live on Whole Food Nutrition um, after my, after hours, but I did it in my office. Mm. So I'll be very honest about that. And it was a week before my probation was up. And again, there's other things about that and my boss not liking me very much, but anyway, we'll get over that. <laughs> but again, everything happens for a reason. And I just was like, what am I going to do? Yeah. I was able to like identify that nudging feeling. And, you know, yes, I had to file for bankruptcy, but honestly, I wouldn't change this journey for anything. It has been absolutely amazing. And this journey has led you to create your newly published book. And I'd love to spend some time talking about this. So talk to us about, you know, I think we've kind of got the backstory of the inspiration for writing the book. So mm -hmm. I know that your history, the story that you just shared is, is a key component of what you've created. But talk to us about who this book is for and what people are going to get out of it when they read it. Definitely. The book is for anyone that is struggling with not believing they're enough. You know, we all have self-limiting beliefs. You know, if you think about how many times a day, if you actually paid attention, how many times a day we say something negative to ourselves, it's astounding. We always can say something nice to other people, but like we can't do it for ourselves. And that keeps us stuck. And that keeps us from living the life that we've always dreamed of. I have been doubting myself since September, but because of the tools that I know that I teach my clients and I've, I've literally done myself, I don't let those limiting beliefs stop me. 
I think that's the biggest thing. And that's the biggest takeaway from the book is that if you're feeling like you're not enough, if you're struggling with trying to figure out what your life means and finding your passion and your purpose, this book is is for you. And the one thing I love about it is I have personally gone through these steps. It's not something that I just write about. I've gone through these steps more than once. I think that's what's super powerful when I talk to people about the book is that my I was in the midst of that heartache while I was writing the book and in the midst of those steps, you know, that I discovered and created. And so in the book as well for readers and your audience, I pose a question at the end of each chapter. And so there's um, places in there to journal. So I, I leave space at the end of each chapter to like really answer the question, spend some time thinking about what the chapter was about, what the question is posing, and then journaling about it. That's so powerful. And, and I think one of the things that is unique to you is that having the 15 years of, of therapy and really understanding behavior you know, is, is a little different than many people who write books in this space that don't have the clinical experience that you do. So I want us to take a little bit of a deeper dive Megan, because I know that you know your book is about a step-by-step guide to redesigning your life. And you mentioned that these are five steps that not only have you created, but that you lived. So let's let's take a really deeper dive. Let's let's go deeper and let's talk about what these steps are. Definitely. I love it. <laughs> it's probably my favorite part. So the steps again really started when I was in this journey and Basically, the first step is discovering yourself. Pretty simple, right? I mean, it's not a simple process, but it's it's makes sense that that's the first step. And so what does that mean? You know, really spending time figuring out who you are and what you want. And so there's a lot of what I love about the book is that you're just not reading. There's a lot of exercises, things to get you thinking, questions. So the first step is discovering yourself. Who are you? What do you want? And it takes you through that process. And then, you know, step three or step two, sorry, is visualizing your passion and purpose. And as you know, Dr. Richard, as, you know, a therapist, visualization is so important when it comes to pretty much anything in your life. Like, what do you want your life to look like? And so we talk about, you know, visualization and really what does passion and purpose mean? And what, when you identify, when you're discovering yourself and you're able to then start visualizing your passion and your purpose and what your life looks like, what is going to keep you on that path? So for me, I was able in the discovery phase to identify what that negative feeling was, which was, I meant for something more. I'm, I meant. I, I'm not meant to be in the four walls of the hospital. Like I meant to be out there. Once I was able to do that, I didn't really know what that meant. But then I moved to step two, visualizing your passion and purpose. Even though I had stuff going on with my ex still, I was still able to visualize a life that I wanted, traveling, you know, speaking around the country, writing this book. And it honestly, this is the when I was in the midst of this step, 
is when all of that stuff happened with my ex and he walked out of my life. Um, and then it was like the visualization was huge. So I talk a lot about like, what are things you can do like vision boards and, you know, coping cards and all of these things in that chapter. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. I want to jump back to the discovery phase because what it sounds like for you is that in your self-discovery journey, you were able to identify some patterns that were unhealthy patterns, and you were able to you know, do some shifting of mindset around that. So the, the question is, say somebody's reading this book and they, they get to that first chapter. And they have had a significant number of challenges. And these could be relationship challenges, failed marriages, um, unsatisfied at work. Sometimes it's very hard for people who are in, in the midst of it, can't see the uh, forest for the trees, so to speak. You know, People who are kind of stuck in that mode, they have a really difficult time breaking those patterns and being able to objectively look at their positive qualities. So talk to us. I'm just curious a little bit more about how your discovery tools help people really figure out who they are and what they're, what they believe they're supposed to be doing. Definitely. Great question. And, you know, we get into the, what I call grounding skills in chapter three, because definitely when you're in the first two stages of discovering yourself and visualizing, that's when we really have those self-doubts and limiting self-beliefs because then it's like, oh my gosh, like we have to take the steps to do this, right? Like this is great to think about it. But so there's like five questions, which uh, I don't, you have to get the book to get the five questions. (laughs) Um, But there's really five questions that I pose that really help you start to discover yourself. And it just really gets into, you know, and I give it to my clients now in my private practice And it really helps people think outside the box because a lot of people, what I find, haven't really thought about these questions. So then it it starts to move them into the visualization piece. Um, And it includes good questions and bad questions, right? Because it's not always going to be positive. And so the process of discovering yourself is also discovering what negative or what limiting self-beliefs or have you been telling yourself and what is keeping you stuck. You had said earlier when we were talking um, before we recorded, like you said, deep dive. And that is what it is. You're diving deep into truly who you are. And I'm telling you, it's not easy. It's scary. But when you're doing it with someone, with a coach or a therapist, it's, it's life-changing. I love it. I love it. So we, we started talking. You teased it. So third step is grounding. 
yeah, that right? It's grounding yourself. This probably, I mean, they're all my favorite chapters, but this one is the most profound for me. And I think a lot of my audience and clients, because this is the, you know, this is where we learn our coping skills. And as you know, Dr. Richard, being a therapist, grounding skills are vitally important. And I explain what grounding is, and it's basically, you know, what it sounds like. You're grounding yourself from the negative thoughts, the negative feelings, the limiting self-beliefs that beliefs that are keeping you stuck. So for example, I felt like I was not enough when I went through this with my ex. The story he made me believe, I was allowing him to write my story that I was not enough. And I had to, again, I developed grounding skills for years. But sometimes, and I'll talk about this in one of the other steps, we get complacent. And so I forgot about my grounding skills. And so it was taking a step back, doing some reality checking of why am I believing this? Is the source dependable? Meaning, is my ex-husband dependable and telling me that I'm not enough? And how do I ground this? I had a ton of anxiety, you know, in February going through this whole process. Again, on my knees crying, you know, just asking why. And so it was about distracting myself so that I could continue with life, but then also being able to process it, you know, because as you know, there's certain times that you need to process and there's some times where you just can't do it at the moment. And so, like I said earlier, when we start visualizing this life, all of these negative thoughts come up. And so in the book, I give a ton of ideas and things to practice regarding grounding. So mental grounding, physical grounding, soothing grounding to really help you when you identify the negative thought, say, nope, I'm not going there and then have a way to combat it. So Call what we like to call as therapists cognitive restructuring. You're really restructuring your brain to identify the negative thoughts and move it to something positive. And there's quite a lot of neuroscience that supports exactly what you're describing. That that when we're doing the cognitive reframing, the cognitive restructuring, we're actually creating new neural pathways and undoing the old ones. So I, I love that you talk about that in your book as well. All right, so we we're we're rocking through here. We've got this, the discovery phase, the visualization, and then the grounding. What comes next, Megan? It's called developing your strength plan. And as you know, again, I keep this is just side note. This is why I love doing podcasts, and I'm loving doing this podcast with you, Doctor Richard, because you get it. Like you get the the therapy piece and and kind of what I'm talking about, and it's really just nice to be able to connect with someone like that on a deeper level where it's like you're able to add to it because you understand. So this one is kind of like a treatment plan, right? But it's it's what I call developing your strength plan. When we identify what we want, when we, you know, start visualizing, when we have grounding skills and and we start learning how to combat those negative thoughts. Sometimes our excitement, sometimes all of the things we have to do, especially as entrepreneurs, get in the way of our personal personal life and our self-care. And so what the strength plan is, is developing a routine. So it talks about time management, self-care, goals, how to start goals, make those first steps, 
I do this with my clients and it's profound. And so your strength plan includes all of that because you have to make time for yourself. So like I do morning routines with my clients. What does that look like? What do you want to try first thing when you get up in the morning? Where are you going to put your self-care in for the day? Where are you going to put in time for your family? And so I encourage my readers, audience, clients to actually write it down. So with my clients, I have them get like a 30-minute planner for every, you know, like every increment is 30 minutes. Because when we do it in our head and we're like, oh my gosh, I have this to do today and this to do today and this to do today, I can't do it, right? There's not enough time in the day. We automatically go to something negative. And when we're able to visualize in our planner what we have for the day, we'll see, oh, I have a half hour here or I have an hour here. And this is what I'm going to do to fill that time. Maybe I'm just going to watch TV. Maybe I'm just going to read. So it really helps combat those negative thoughts. It helps to organize your life and to be and to give you the time that you need to, you know, relax and refocus. And so the strength plan is probably one of the strongest parts of the five steps because it's the part that keeps you grounded and focused and able to achieve your goals. I love that. And let's talk the fifth and final step in your book. So this is called strengthening your healthy habits. So it's also kind of known as the maintenance stage. So life is going well. You know, we're excited. We know what we want. Um, You know, we got our self-care and our strength plan. And sometimes we get complacent. So like I said, for the last couple of years, I got complacent. I wasn't using my grounding skills. I wasn't doing self-care. I was not sticking to my strength plan. And when this trauma happened to me in February, my, my life completely fell apart. Strengthening your healthy habits just means reminding yourself of all of these steps that you went through. Because the crazy thing is sometimes you'll find yourself back in step three. Sometimes you'll find yourself back in step one. And that is okay. Just because you went through this five steps doesn't mean that it's done and life is good and you're not going to have to go back to them. Um, And so this stage is just helping you remain focused, not falling into that complacency understanding and recognizing the fact that life happens and you're going to hit bumps in the road. There's going to be things that happen, but this step helps you refocus and say, okay, yes, this is going on, but I'm not going to fall back into the feeling stuck and having those limiting self-beliefs. And I like this a lot. Stephen Covey in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People refers to something pretty similar, which he called sharpening the saw. But the the fact you said two things that really stuck out to me, Megan. One was it's not uncommon for people to find themselves moving back up and down the list of steps, right? Like we're we're often who we are evolves based on what's happening in our lives. And maybe somebody, you know, goes through step one and then they become a parent. And then that who they who they are changes, or maybe they become an entrepreneur. So I like that you mentioned that this this is a model that shifts with us, which is very cool. And I do I do think that for the fifth step, it's interesting too. Our society we don't spend enough time focusing on 
really healing ourselves. We spend a lot of time promoting through social media how awesome we are, but we don't, we don't really spend a lot of time on just being with ourselves and, and reflecting. And it sounds like that strengthening your healthy habits section talks about that. And in, and it's self-care is something that we know is very important, but not enough people do. So I'm so excited that that's in there. Yeah. And I actually talk about that more, you know, in step four is why do we feel guilty when we do self-care? Right. And I really wanted this book to not just be read all the words, put it away on your shelf. I wanted it to be a book where people want to spend time with themselves, right? Want to do that self-care, want to think about themselves. And because that's key. I mean, it's, there's no guilt around self-care and we're so busy taking care of other people. That's why I wrote the book, you know, to encourage people that you're enough to, to take an hour out of your day and do you, you know, like you're enough to do that. I love it. I love it. And the book again is You Are Enough, Five Steps to Move from Struggle to Strength. And we're going to talk a little bit more about where you can pick up your own copy of this book in just a minute. But Megan, we are tracking towards the end of time here today, and I've greatly enjoyed our discussion. As you know, I wrap up every episode of my show by asking my guest that a single question, that is, what is your biggest helping? the most important piece of information that you'd like somebody to walk away with after listening to today's episode? So I always end with a quote. (laughs) It's a quote that I developed while I was writing the book and I find it very profound. And if I can, if one of your listeners can walk away and remember this quote, then, you know, I've done my passion and my purpose, right? And so the quote is simply this, you are enough just as you are, and whatever season you're in. And the more you celebrate and focus on that, the more you will live in your strength. Beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely. I absolutely love it. Megan, where can people find out more about you and pick up a copy of your book, which is available today? Definitely. Thank you. Um, You can go to my website, um, www.missionstrengthsd.com. There's a ton of free resources on there um, that you can download. I actually compiled a top 100 positive affirmations that you can download for free. And then all the info about the book and how you can order that is on the website. And you also get a free gift when you order the book. Beautiful. And for those of you behind the wheel, we've got you covered. We'll have everything related to Megan and her book in the show notes, which are available at thedailyhelping.com as well as the Daily Helping app on iTunes and in the Google Play Store. Well, Megan, that is the end of time. I wish we had more. I really love chatting with you. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was great. Thank you so much, Dr. Richard, for having me. I'm excited to collaborate with you more in the future. Absolutely. And I also wanted to thank each and every one of you who tuned in today. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the podcast. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 